It's Sunday morning, and we're talking about the most famous or infamous false teacher that has been upon the face of the earth in the last 2,000 years. I believe that Billy Graham is that false teacher. I didn't understand a lot of things when I was a kid. I don't understand anything he's saying when he says it. I just could not understand what when I was young. I couldn't understand what faith was. Did anybody try to figure out when they were young, what is faith? Did you ever question yourself about that? What is faith? And does it do something? I didn't know how to have it. Have faith in Christ. It's what Paul told the Philippian jailer in the 16th chapter of Acts. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I didn't know what that meant. And Billy Graham told all of his congregations, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't know what believing on him meant. What Did anybody ever question that when they were growing up? I questioned it all the time. Yeah. How come things aren't happening? Yeah. How can... But I didn't know that faith was dying. I studied the Greek, and people will blame me and say, you don't need the Greek. All you need is the, is the King James Bible. No, you need the Greek. You need a strong, exhaustive concordance uh, in order to be able to look these words up. I've got a, some books on Billy Graham. Billy Graham has been touted by all of the world as the greatest living preacher in the last 2,000 years. He's been more famous than any preacher that has been born uh, in the world. He just died at 99 years old. I watched, did anybody watch the funeral on C-SPAN? It's unbelievable. It looked like one great big Baptist meeting. And the kids talked, and they were very shallow. The the smartest one was Aunt Anne Graham Lotz. She said some things that were true, but she repeated her father's attitudes of saying, accept Christ and and uh, let Jesus come into your heart. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know that you couldn't let God come into your heart and you couldn't accept Christ. That really frustrated me. Let me give you a personal testimony. I've given it to people. When the Bible says believe, you can't believe unless God puts belief in your heart. We go through those verses that says there's none that understandeth and none seeks after God. If every man at his best state is altogether vanity and nobody seeks God, how are you going to get into the kingdom if you're not seeking him? He has to seek you and you have to be predestined to something. You have to be preordained before the foundation of the world. Billy Graham never explained anything. If he said accept Christ, when the Bible says you cannot accept Christ, do you have to accept Christ? Yes. The question is, when do you accept Christ? After you're born again. How can you born yourself or birth yourself or conceive yourself? You can't. Anyone that is a believer, God picked you out before the foundation of the world. I never heard Billy Graham say that. I was at the hospital 
yesterday having a colonoscopy. And me and Ben, Ben's out today. They had somewhere they had to go. But me and Ben were in there, and Ben asked this nurse. I was preaching to her. She said, well, I go to this big Baptist church in Hendersonville. And Ben looked at her and said, have you ever heard the word predestinate? He said, no, I haven't. She goes to one of the biggest churches in this town. It's a Baptist church, and she's never heard the word predestinate. Without predestination, no one is going to heaven, since there's none that seeketh after God. And over there in Job, the 15th chapter, the Bible says, All men drink iniquity like water. That includes Billy Graham. Until God births a new man in us. Billy Graham didn't explain anything. He confused people, and he accepted everybody who said they were a Christian. I've got a book here. I don't expect everybody to buy this, and I don't expect you to even read it because it's got hundreds of pages. Let me see here. How many how many pages does it have in it? Got a bibliography. Got all these notes in it. It's got over 500 pages in it. I don't believe y'all are going to read this. What I've done is pull some excerpts out of it. The title is Billy Graham and His Friends. It's talking about his political friends all over the world and through all governments and all of the approval that he put on these people. I've got to read some things to you. Since I know you won't buy the book, and I don't mean that as an insult, most people are not readers. Did you only, I read an article a few years ago that said only 6% of the world reads anything. That's everything from newspapers to fiction to to porn. Uh, That's every kind of reading you can think of. Novels, only 6% of the world reads. So being as I know you probably won't get this book, I'm going to read some things to you out of it. And it's about... Billy Graham's association with the world and the approval that he put on the world. I'm going to read to you about, he was a member of the Templeton Awards. He got, let me read here in verse, chapter, in page 19. And all I want to do is give you the idea of what he put his approval on. He put his approval on everything that was wrong, on everybody. If you said you were a Christian, he would approve of you. Now, he was presented this Templeton Award, and Templeton was a man that was corrupt, an unbeliever, didn't even believe in truth. And let me read a couple of things here from it. The Swedenborg Foundation is an occult organization. Sadly, Christianity Today, a magazine founded by Billy Graham and his father-in-law, Nelson Bell, devoted the entire back cover of its April 25, 1994 issue to an ad promoting this heretical work, which was endorsed by Norman Vincent Peale. Everybody, if you were born in my generation, everybody in America has heard Norman Vincent Peale in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Everybody, you remember that, don't you? He wrote the most popular self-motivation, self-help book 
that was written in the 20th century, probably, probably sold in the tens of millions. It was a self-esteem thing long before the the positive confession movement got founded. And he wrote the book, The Power of Positive Thinking. The guy was a heathen and dear friend of Billy Graham. Endorsed by Norman Vincent Peale, who wrote the foreword and said that Templeton was the greatest layman of the Christian church in our time, and Templeton didn't even believe in the didn't even believe in the virgin birth of Christ, the deity of Christ, didn't even believe he was God. And who also, a former judge for the Templeton Prize, Robert Schuller, just the most nothing, false teacher. J. Peter Grace, who was also the former head of the Knights of Malta and New Ager Theodore H. Hesbaugh, who is the advisory council for the planetary citizens. There was one person who endorsed this book, which quoted and the book who endorsed, who endorsed book on Buddhism and Hinduism. There was one other person who endorsed this book, which quoted and promoted the teachings of Christianity, Buddhism, and Hinduism. Who was that endorser? It was none other than Billy Graham of this book, he said, of the book that that encouraged Christianity, Buddhism, and Hinduism. Truly, a legend in our time, John Templeton, a pagan, understands that the real measure of a person's success in life is not financial accomplishment, but moral integrity and inner character. How can you have that if you don't believe in the virgin birth of Christ and the new birth? Including the Bible to reveal the moral and spiritual principles which have shaped his own life. Since Graham endorsed this book, let's take a peek inside the cover to see what Templeton says. He writes, The basic principles of leading a sublime life may be derived from any religious tradition, Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, and others as well as Christian. And Billy Graham received a a congratulation from him and received the Templeton Award, and he joined along with a bunch of other pagans, including Mikhail Gorbachev, to be a part of that system. Then he comments, astronauts traveled into outer space and did not bring back any evidence of heaven. And whereas drills had penetrated the earth and they found oil, not hell, so spiritual theorists conceive of heaven and hell right here on earth at a state of mind. Wait till you get there. We have the power to create whatever we need in our life, the power of the mind. That's the positive confession, people, twisting the word of God. Through our choices and attitudes, we create our own heaven and hell right here on earth. Let me read on further. Of course, Templeton and Graham seem to agree on one issue. Robert Schuller's 1986 Possibilities magazine. You can go online and look up Billy Graham and Robert Schuller's conversation. Robert Schuller said, I guess you're saying, Dr. Graham, that all men 
can go into heaven regardless of their denomination or what their beliefs are. And Billy Graham says yes, whether they ever are aware of it or not, if they believe in the the, the morals of Jesus taught that they're saved and they're members of the body of Christ, the church. The Billy Graham was a heathen. Of course, Templeton and Graham seemed to agree on that. The lead article quoted Templeton that nothing exists except God and that the Christ spirit dwells in every human being. That is not true. Whether the person knows it or not, Remember the Graham told Schuler during his interview, he said, outside the Christian groups, I think everybody knows Christ. This is Billy Graham's words. Whether they are conscious of it or not, they're members of the body of Christ. I went on to say, he went on to say, whether they come from the Muslim world or the Buddhist world or the Christian world, they are members of the body of Christ because they've been called by God. And he goes into the center of World Thanksgiving celebrates the oneness of people, like there's one God and one people, and we're all members. Now, let me give you something about Norman Vincent Peale, which he puts his approval on. He approved of everything that was wrong. If you'd smile at him, say, hi, I'm a Christian, he'd say, okay, me too. Let's hold hands and skip to heaven. As mentioned, Norman Vincent Peale wrote the fourth, the forward of Templeton's books. Here's another man that needs to be discussed, not only because of his connection to the Templeton, to Templeton, but because of his close relationship with Billy Graham. Graham said Peel had a friendship of about 35 or 40 years. In 1957 at Madison Square Garden, Crew said Graham had Peel on the platform with him. Norman Vincent Peale said, you don't have to be born again. And Billy Graham has got him on a platform lifting him up. In fact, Graham said that Peale was supportive of his meetings, but there's probably a reason why almost 400 decision cards were turned over to Peale for follow-up, and nearly 100 of these people later joined his church, Norman Vincent Peale's church. In 1960, Graham invited Peel to address a group of evangelical leaders in Switzerland. Peel, of course, was a New Ager, a Shriner, 33rd degree Mason, Knights Templar, Roman Catholic organization. He has already been a, been a Mason for over 30 years and had been, has also been the Grand Chaplain of the Grand Lodge of New York, for several years. Before he sat on the platform with Graham, Peel boasts, my grandfather was a Mason for 50 years, my father for 50 years, and I've been a Mason for 60 years. This means that my tie with Freemasonry extends back to 1869 when my grandfather joined the Masons. Not only was Peel a Mason, but he endorsed the ungodly channeled messages called the Jesus Letters. You can't believe how much there is to say about Billy Graham. The Jesus letters were written by Jane Palzier, P-A-L-Z-E-R-E, and Anna Brown. In an article titled Psychic Records, Letters from Jesus, we are told part-time Newington secretary of Jane Palzier said each of the messages in the book 
entitled The Jesus Letters, was written by her hand through the psychic phenomenon known as inspirational writing. In other words, she was just writing and the Holy Spirit was guiding her hand. I thought we had the full word of God in the Bible. The amazing holy letters were written one each day over the two-year period that began on the morning of 1978. She said the letters were dictated by a non-living spirit. Now, Billy Graham's putting his approval on this woman who identified himself through her pen as Jesus Christ. I was holding the pen, and the pen was not from my hand, she explained. My hand went numb. Do you believe that? If you believe that, i got some swampland in Louisiana I'd like to talk to you about. You don't believe something because it's written in a book. My hand went numb. At first, I thought I was having a stroke. She said she picked up the pen but was, again, knocked from her hand. This is Billy Graham's friends we're talking about. It happened two or three times before a sentence appeared on the paper. It read, you you are going to be channeled. You know what channeling is, don't you? Jay-Z Knight was the big channeler for the stars out in California. She would get with them, and they would, and she supposedly would talk to them in a gruff voice, and it would be a 30,000-year-old person talking through her voice, and those movie stars were believing that. And Billy Graham has put his approval on a woman that believes in channeling, said she's writing inspired scripture. You're going to be the channel for the writing of the book. Then the pen put down the words, love Jesus. Gosh. I've got to skip away from this. I'll never get away from the channeling. The Jesus of the Jesus letters claims that heaven is for all and that every person has Christ within. Are these lies? And this is Graham's friends. What was Peel's response to this occult book? He wrote, what a wonderful gift to all of us from you in this book, the Jesus Letters. I believe Norman Vincent Peel and Billy Graham are together now, but not in heaven. The Psychic Magazine, Peel speaking of the occultist Kreskin, remember him on TV in the 70s? The mind reader. It was all a game that he pulled. All he's doing is dramatizing what I've been preaching for years. Then he goes on. Peel himself writes, Who is God? God is vitality. God is life. God is energy. As you breathe the God in, as you visualize his energy, you will be re-energized. Now, Billy Graham had him on his platform, lifting him up. Now, let me hit some real good things on Peel one of Billy Graham's closest friends while he was alive. On 1984, Phil Donahue program, Peel said, it is not necessary to be born again. And Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. You have your way to God, I have mine. That's Norman Vincent Peel that Billy Graham said was one of the best Christians he knew. I found eternal peace in a Shinto shrine. That's from Peel. Christ is one of the ways. And Jesus said in John fourteen six, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. The is a definite article, and it means there's no other way. Yet Billy Graham's friend, Norman Vincent Peale, says there's many ways. Shintoism is a religion of Japan which believes in many gods and goddesses as well as mysticism. People probably think I'm making this up. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds outrageous, doesn't it? How could this be coming out of Billy Graham's mouth? He did. He said he did not believe in preaching doctrine and differing with people except anybody that called themselves a Christian. He didn't believe in doctrine. And he said he didn't preach God doctrine. He was just an evangelist. Doctrine. Is doctrine matter? Well, doctrine, I don't even think he ever knew what the word doctrine was. You got two words for the word doctrine, didache and didascalia. Yeah, let me get me another pen. And this, both these words mean instruction. D-I-D-A-S-K-A-L-I-A. Didascalia. Didache. And it means instruction. He said he didn't believe in teaching people instruction. What does the Bible have to say about that? How about Second John 10? If anyone comes preaching any other doctrine, do not bid them Godspeed. Godspeed is the word caro. Caro means to rejoice with them. To put your arms around them and receive them. Caro comes from the word charis. Charis is the word grace. Don't be gracious to them. And we get several other words. Cara, which means to rejoice or have joy. Do not have joy with people who preach other doctrines. If you do bid them Godspeed, the next verse says in Second John 11, you are partaker of their evil deeds and you are preaching their doctrine if you put your approval on them. I'm not going to approve of Billy Graham. I haven't approved of him for years. I've been studying about him. I've had all kinds of... This is a golden opportunity for me to say what I believe about Billy Graham. Now, maybe you're young and you don't remember Billy Graham. Is any people here too young to remember Billy Graham? You don't remember him? In the 50s, he was the most famous preacher alive. He was drawing in stadiums 125,000, 150,000. It is said that he preached to two point three billion people in his life. That is a third of the world's population. So you can wipe out the Hindus and the Buddhists. Everybody liked Billy Graham. The Dalai Lama, who was head of the Buddhist religion, loved Billy Graham. He would meet with him and hug him and they would and they would uh, rejoice together. And the Pope loved Billy Graham. And you can go online and look up all the comments of the preachers and the popes and the kings. 
And everybody had something good to say about Billy Graham except the Bible. If you bid him Godspeed and you're cheerful toward his message, you're partaking of that and you'll receive the reward of that. Does it matter if we take a stand or not? Yeah. On the Donahue show, Peel said, it is not necessary to be born again. You have your way to God, I have mine. Talks about Shintoism as a way to God. Shintoism is the worship of ancestors in Japan. And you can say, would you like to accept Christ to a Buddhist? They'll say, give me a statue of him, and I'll put him up here with my 700 other gods. They'll say, yeah. Of course, I guess a statement like this wouldn't really bother Billy Graham when he says Shintoism is a religion but Japan which believes in gods and goddesses as well as mysticism. You see, in 1956, which was a year prior to New York Madison campaign, which was the biggest campaign he ever had, over several weeks he had over 2 million people come to that campaign. And of course, I guess the statement like it wouldn't bother Billy Graham. He says that in 1956 was a year prior to the New York Madison campaign. Graham went to Japan and demanded that both conservatives and modernists, pro-Shinto believers, unite for the purpose of evangelism. Kagawa, a noted Japanese liberal and opponent of the Bible truth, appeared on the platform with Graham. Toyohako Kawaja, by the way, was also a socialist and a pacifist. Returning to Peel, we find that, Norman Vincent Peel, we find that he was the main speaker at a Mormon president's birthday festival in 1980 and praised Mormon leaders. He called Mormon president Spencer Kimball, a great man of God, this is what Peel called him, and Graham is approving everything that Peel says, and a true prophet of Jesus Christ. Even though Peel denied Christ's virgin birth and being born again, deity and resurrection, Graham said in a December 6, 1966, at a National Council of Churches, and they were founded, National Council of Churches, NCC, look them up on the internet. They were founded on not believing in the virgin birth of Christ, and Jesus was not virgin born, he was not deity. I don't know anyone, this is Graham's words about Peel. I don't know anyone who has done more for the kingdom of God than Norman and Ruth Peel, or have meant any more in my life. The encouragement they have given me. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Billy Graham's Christianity Today magazine has been able to get millions of dollars from foundations. It is true that Peel claims to have accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. Now listen to this. In the issue of Christianity Today, which was founded by Billy Graham, but Peel quickly adds, I am absolutely and thoroughly convinced that it is my mission never to use this language. 
in trying to communicate with the audience that God has given me. We must remember, however, that Peel has redefined these words, accept Christ, to fit his own occultic new thought ideas. Peel teaches that Christ is one of the ways to heaven. Peel says it's not necessary to be born again. We've already read that. Peel denies the virgin birth. And Billy Graham said, "Is nobody affected my life in Christian work more than this man. I, I can't keep reading all this. It's, I've only pulled some excerpts out of the first 32 pages. There's nearly 575 pages to go. And he, all of his friends was the world. And all he would say was words that you didn't have any idea what they meant. How can you run with the world? Are you supposed to be approved? He was going out to be approved by all the world. And what does the Bible have to say about that? Look over here in Luke, the sixth chapter. Luke, the sixth chapter. I've got all of these comments from the world. Donald Trump, the great Billy Graham is dead. Donald Trump is a heathen. That's our president. If you've got a billion dollars, you cheated somebody somewhere. I went online, and I just simply asked Google, has Donald Trump used the F word in his being elected? Oh, over and over. People seem to forget that. They've used the SOB word. These people are not Christians. And Donald Trump was sitting there looking at all the speakers. There was no conviction. His wife, his trophy wife, sitting there with his arm in his and like holding on to him for dear life because you're going to drown with all those dignitaries there. Just unbelievable. Al Mohler, who's president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary said, an epic era of evangelical history has come to an end. Billy Graham was not only a titanic figure in evangelicalism, I deny that. Billy Graham says, God sent me to preach the gospel. He doesn't even know what the word gospel means. Preach the gospel is one word in the Greek. It is the word eu. A-G-G-E-L-I-Z-O. That is the word preach. Every time you find the word preach the gospel, that's the word. Preach the gospel. It is a construction of the prefix E-U, which means well, and a g g e l I-Z-O. U means well. Angelizo comes from the word A-G-G-E-L-O-S. Angelos is the word angel or the word messenger. So preach the gospel means to preach the good message of God, the well message. And what is the gospel? I didn't know what the gospel was. My father would say he's preaching the gospel. Well, what is it? What is faith? 
What did we believe in? If you believe something, I would say as a little boy, what do I do? I, I, I don't know how to believe. I was going to give you this testimony earlier. When I was a little kid, I had conviction. I had conviction when I was four. I don't know how God puts that in your heart. We went out to Buddy's supermarket in Fort Worth in about 1944. It's the first supermarket I ever saw. I didn't know there was such a thing. It was called Buddy's. They had them all over Fort Worth. And we were in the supermarket, and there was a Coke box. They didn't have Coke machines. They had a big box that said Coca-Cola on the side, and they had had Cokes down in the side, strawberry and we call them all Cokes. That was all down in Texas. And they had strawberry and, and grape and so forth. My father pulled one out and said, you kids want a, a soda pop? And I saw that it was shaped like a beer bottle. And at four and a half years old, I said, no. I just, it just scared me. I don't know how early God puts conviction in your heart. And Clyde and Janice took their... Their little beer bottles and drank them. I just did not want to do that. I can't forget that. It was like the other day. You say, does that mean you were goody-goody? No, that means I was going to grow up going to sin. That's for sure. And I remember at seven years old, I was standing outside of a Methodist church. It was a spring night. A spring moon was out. We'd gone to church on Sunday night. And the preacher had preached on hell. It was a Methodist church, and some of them preached on that back then. And I was looking up at a spring moon saying, Jesus, I want to come be with you someday. I want to go to heaven when I die. And I'm calling upon the Lord. I didn't even know I was believing God. I had a fear of God even then. And then my father, that was about 1947. I was about eight. And then my father started preaching in 1949. He went into the Baptist church. He left the Methodist church, went to the Baptist church. He started preaching, accept Christ, sinner's prayer. That's why when we went out to the Will Rogers Coliseum to see the Billy Graham crusade in 1951, I was waiting for something real exciting. I kept hearing this name, Billy Graham, Billy Graham, Billy Graham, and I'm a little boy, and everybody's talking about him as the greatest manifestation of God upon the earth. And we got out to Will Rogers Coliseum, and there was 45 or 50,000 people there. And I would listen to him, and I'd think, when is this miracle man going to come along? He sounds like Daddy. That's all I could hear. Sounded like my father and all the independent Baptist preachers I had heard. He was built. He was a man that was built by the media. And it was a Roman Catholic publisher named William Randolph Hearst that built him. He heard him and said, I like Graham. How could he like him? He wasn't telling him to repent of sin. And it was William Randolph Hearst and his newspapers across America that built Billy Graham. So when Billy first started, he said the most evil in the world were the, was the Roman Catholic Church, the Buddhists, and the Hindus. He didn't even know the false teachers were all over the Baptist Church. And he was number one. 
there's so many there's so much condemnation against this man and you'll find all of this in this book not just this book but i've got a couple other books you can find in these all you have to do is go online and look up billy graham false teacher where's my other two books i had them up here huh oh they're over here huh oh here they are all you have to do is go online and look up Billy Graham, false teacher. There men have studied him for all, ever since I can remember, and they've got all kinds of information, all the things he's associated with, everything he put his approval on. Billy Graham was an evil man, and all the world thinks he was the best of men. You have to be hated by the world. You cannot be popular. A while ago I said, let's go over here. Does everybody, did everybody like Billy Graham? I keep saying this. Billy Graham was just like Sarah Lee. Nobody doesn't like Billy Graham except me. And anybody who believes the truth will not like him because he lied. Now, we've just shown how he was popular. I can't show you how popular he was with the world. Just go online, Google Billy Graham, false teacher, you'll get more information than you can read all day where men have followed him, researched him. He didn't show you his political side from the pulpit. He was nothing but a total compromiser. He was the great compromiser with everybody. Later on, he became a proponent of the Roman Catholic Church. He said Roman Catholicism was wrong with the world when he started and he didn't know how right he was. But when Hearst, and he got all of these doctor's degrees from Belmont College in North Carolina, he said, the same gospel that I preach has been, that's built this, this Catholic school here is the gospel that I've preached all my life. I can't believe a man that would say something like that. Look here in Matthew and look, uh, excuse me, and Luke. Go over here to Luke, and I'm going to give you some of the same verses I've given you. Because this man was corrupt. Most people have nothing but good things to say about him because he was a compromiser. He let you have your way. You could fall on the floor and kick and scream and say, I want my way. He says, okay. You can believe in free will, and that's what he believed in. Here in Luke, the sixth chapter, verse 22. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you. Well, goodness. Hold your place there. Go to John 15. They didn't hate Billy Graham. All of the world loves him. And this is what Jesus said in John 15. I've never heard a preacher preach the, read these words and comment on them in my life. Never. There's some, I've never heard a preacher preach on Ephesians 1, 1 through 11. I've never heard a preacher other than those who want to fight God like Adrian Rogers that hated predestination he actually read out of Romans 9 
that God loved Jacob and hated Esau before either one were born, before either one had done any good or evil. And he said, that's not what that means. God doesn't hate anybody. I'm just going, how do you answer a man that reads the Bible and says, I'm one of the world famous pastors of the world. Adrian Rogers was pastor of Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis for years. Second largest church in the Southern Baptist Convention, 30, 40,000 members. And he hated predestination with a passion. Go online and look up Adrian Rogers preaching on predestinated for hell. Absolutely not. That infuriates me. Whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification, the spirit and belief of the truth. There are vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, Romans 9, 22. God willing to show the wrath of the people and make his power known, he endured with much long suffering. Vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, that's the majority of the world. What do you mean that's the majority of the world? Everybody's following that Billy Graham message of accept Christ. All you got to do is walk the aisle. I couldn't find that in the Bible anywhere. It's not there. Look here in the 15th chapter, and then we'll go back over there to Luke. 15th chapter of John, verse 18. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. They have to hate us, don't they? They'll hate us for saying God doesn't love everybody. Christmas is pagan. Easter's pagan. And Billy Graham was a liar. They'll hate you for that. But nobody wants to look into his background because most people don't read and most people don't research. Don't take much research. Just hit Google Billy Graham false teacher. I challenge you to do that. And then go to all the links and say, wow. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. You're not any better than I am. If they hated me, they'll hate you. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will also keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. They don't know God. You preach against being hated by the world. You're preaching against God. Now go back over here to Luke, the sixth chapter. I can't say these words enough. Luke 6, 22. Blessed are you when men shall hate you. Blessed is the word, makurios, M-A-K-U-R-I-O-S. Makurios means fortunate. You have to be hated. You're blessed. You're fortunate to be hated by the world for telling the truth. I keep thinking somebody's going to come busting in here one day and unload on me with some gun. But if it happens, believe me, I'm going to be with the Lord. I wouldn't trade places with Billy Graham for 
all the money in the world. Then he says, And when they shall separate you from their company. What will make men separate from your company? Just tell them the truth. Tell them the truth about predestination. Tell them that Christmas was Christ's mass. Tell them that it was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America. That Christmas is Roman Catholicism. It's the mass of Christ. Tell them that. All you have to do is go into any dictionary, look up Christmas, go into any encyclopedia, look up Christmas. It'll say Christ's Mass, the Mass of Christ. The Mass is eating human flesh. And what men have done, they polluted those words, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. So the Catholics took those words out and say, you got to eat the literal flesh of Christ, so we've got to make sure that this cracker, this Eucharist, becomes his flesh and they added this so they changed the truth and said we'll utter these words over the eucharist and we'll say hoc est corpus infili and that will turn into the literal body and blood of christ and it'll all be incorporated in this eucharist eucharist comes from you and charis charistia or charis it means well grace it's the same word as thankful And they corrupt that, and Jesus said, My flesh, to explain this more clearly, they haven't read the Old Testament, the 17th chapter of Leviticus, that it's against the law to drink human blood and eat human flesh. That was an old ancient idiom that meant to be a partaker in a slaughter. And Jesus explains it as soon as he says this in the 6th chapter of John, he says, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. When you find something in the Bible that seems puzzling, keep reading. For my flesh is meat, indeed. The word indeed is the word alathea, alathes, A-L-E-T-H-E-S. It means of truth. When you eat and drink of truth. And my blood is drink, indeed, alathes, of truth. This word alethes, of course, comes from what A-L-E-T-H-E-I-A. And I do something that I've never seen anybody else do. Just stand up here and put 50 Greek words on the board in one lesson to explain to you what these things mean. My flesh is, my flesh is meat indeed. You want to know what eat flesh is? You have to eat of truth. And how do you do that? You take the cover off and tell people what it means. I never heard Billy Graham do that. He doesn't tell anybody what anything means. Accept Christ. When the Bible says you can't accept Christ. So you eat of truth, aletheia. Truth, this is the word truth. Comes from the word lanthano. Means to hide, conceal. When you place the alpha in front of lanthano, it ne- it's the n- negative particle in the Greek. The first letter of the Greek alphabet, it's called the alpha privative. A-L-P-H-A-P-R-I-V-A-T-I-V-E. Alpha. When it says a negative particle. And the Roman Catholics that Billy Graham puts his approval on says you got to eat the literal flesh and drink the literal blood of Christ. And when you... 
walk down the aisle to accept that Eucharist, that's where accept Christ comes from. I've got documentation on that too. When, when Henry VIII, he was a womanizer, when he wanted to run off with this young girl, Anne Boleyn, he petitioned the Catholic Church at that time. The England was a Roman Catholic nation. So Henry VIII just went through one wife at a time. Catherine of Aragon was his wife. They always used the city where they were from to call their last name, Catherine of Aragon. That was a city. And he petitioned the Pope, I'd like to divorce my wife. I haven't had a son by her that can, it, that is able to rule England as king of England. So he um, petitioned the Pope to allow him to divorce Catherine. Of course, the Roman Catholic Church won't let you divorce. So he said, I will secede from the Catholic Church and start my own church. So he started the Church of England except he kept everything in the Church of England that they had in the Catholic Church, and the main thing he kept in it was walking down the aisle and accepting the Eucharist. Well, the Methodists broke off of the Church of England. They came to America and put their spin on that particular ritual to come down the aisle the Catholics used to come down the aisle, kneel down in front of a priest, and would place that Eucharist on their tongue, and they said they were partaking of the body and the blood of Christ. We got some ex-Catholics here. Gwen was a Catholic. Isn't that true? And they say, without taking that Eucharist, you cannot go to heaven, right? So therefore, you and I can't go to heaven, and you can't partake of the Eucharist, the body and the blood of Christ, unless you're a Roman Catholic. Is that right? Is that right, Gwen? That's it. So you can't partake of the body and the blood of Christ. And Billy Graham puts his approval on that corruption. You have to partake of not hiding anything. That's what truth means. You don't hide anything. You conjugate the verbs. You say this is a present tense. This is an aorist indicative, which means past tense. I'm not going to say aorist indicative without telling you it means past tense. Something happened in the past. And I don't make that up. I get that. I looked the word up in a uh, in the interlinear Bible. I look at the Greek word, write it down, get the interlinear Bible, and then I go over here to a to a analytical analytical lexicon. Every word is listed here in the New Testament in the Greek, and I look it up and see what part of speech it is. I don't make it up. I'm telling you what these things mean. And Billy Graham, would, when it comes to give you many, he will give you the time of day. He never did. He just said these words that aren't true. Now go back here. So eat flesh and drink blood. And he didn't say my flesh is. He said the flesh of me is indeed or is truth. Of me is of truth. And they is the word hey in its feminine gender. 
and flesh is sarki in its feminine gender. Sarx is the word flesh. And this is feminine gender. This is feminine. What is the feminine flesh of Christ? It is the wife, the bride, the church. This is figurative language. Have you ever heard Billy Graham use the word figurative? He's older than you, Jim. Well, yeah, he was. That's all. He was taller than me, too. I don't know what that means. He had a bigger and rounder voice. My voice is edgy and cuts, and it sounds a, it sounds a, oppressive because it goes, ah, and I can't help it. That's what all the Browns do. They ought to go to our one of the family funerals. It's ah, you can hear that all over the place. They're talking to each other and they think they're mad at each other because they forget that each of them has this cutting, abrasive sound in their voice. I don't know what to do about it. Have an operation on my vocal cords, I guess. Now, look back over here at Luke 6. Blessed are you when men shall hate you, when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you. Do you think Billy Brown was ever reproached? O-N-E-I-D-I-Z-O to be made infamous. He was famous. He was not infamous. Nobody disliked him. Very few people disliked him. Just the people that would study what he was saying behind the scenes and who he put his approval on. And cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. I've had people say, you still going to that Grace and Truth Ministries? Listen to that Jim Brown. I got a t-shirt that says on the back of it, that Jim Brown. I got quotes around it. So people can say, are you that Jim Brown? I'm him. People get mad at me and say the most wicked things about me. And I just laugh. I keep going. Rejoice you in that day when they do these things to you and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. So, for in like manner did they unto the prophets. They made fun of the prophets, lied about them, persecuted them. They took Isaiah, the Bible, the history says, that they put him in a, this is, what the scholars have said. They took Isaiah and put him in a log and cut him in two. All of the apostles died the martyr's death. They beheaded most of them or crucified them. Paul was beheaded. Philip was crucified. Matthew was was crucified. Peter was crucified upside down. And they say you're supposed to be popular, not according to the Bible. Then he goes on to say, But warn to you that are rich. Billy Graham's net worth when he died was $25 million. Personally, not his organization, just him. But warn to you that are rich, for you have your comfort. The word consolation is paraclesis. When the Bible speaks of the 
when it speaks of the comforter being the truth in John fourteen fifteen, John fifteen twenty six, John sixteen thirteen, the word comforter is parakletos, P A R A K L E T O S. That's the word comforter, and we get the word P A R A K A L E O, which is the word comfort. And that that is a construction, and it comes from these comforter, comfort, comfort, consolation, comfort, and comforter. It comes from para and kaleo. It means to call. Para is equal to our word parallel to call near to reach out and hug somebody, but the Bible says you're not supposed to hug somebody and bid them Godspeed unless they're telling the truth. Was Billy Graham supposed to be hugging those people? He didn't even ask if he was supposed to be doing what he was doing. You can get this book, along with all these other books on Billy Graham, from Jack Chick Publications in Ontario, California. You can order them. Just say, I want those books on Billy Graham. And they won't publish anything that lifts him up. Mr. Chick died recently. And he's gone after a lot of these people. Woe to you that are rich. You have received your consolation. Woe to you that are full. You haven't been emptied out. Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor is the word P. T-O-C-H-O-S. This is the word poor. It means those that are emptied out. You're a beggar spiritually. You say, Lord, whatever you want me to have. Doesn't sound like these guys. There was nothing but dignitaries at that funeral. They'll play it over and over again on C-SPAN. Be looking for it. Just, they're all, they're all sitting down front. And they're all just, I was disgusted Ann Lott said a few things that were intelligent. The sister named Gigi of Virginia, she gave the best testimony. She said, I was married, and I couldn't, me and my husband couldn't eat long, so we divorced, and I went off and found another man. And everybody said, don't marry him, but I married him anyway. And then we ended up divorced shortly thereafter. And she was telling us what a sinner she was. That's the, only, that's the main thing I liked about her testimony. She thought her father and everybody's going to cut her off, and she went back home, and he received her with open arms. It's funny how people will condemn divorce until it happens to your family. Till it comes home and sits on your front porch. One of you that are full, you're going to be hungry. One of you that laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Warn you when all men shall speak well of you. Did they speak well of Billy Graham? The whole world spoke well of him. We're at the end of time. How can you have a man that's popular in the whole world when the apostasy is on? The apostasy is here now. He was the leader of the apostasy all of his lifetime. The Bible says in Second Thessalonians three and two or two and three, 
that the day of the Lord will not come. His coming back will not come except there come a falling away first. Falling away is one word in the Greek. It's the word apo, apostasis. And it is connected to the word A-P-O-S-T-A-S-I-O-N. Anytime you find the word divorce in the Bible, it is this word. The world has divorced Christ and his word and his truth. I wake up every morning and I tell people, I am, if you think I'm living a smooth life, I look out at the world, I ride down the road and I say, I bet you the people in that car, this car, this car, this car, but they don't know anything about God. We are on TV every night at 8.30 on channel 49 on Comcast. We've got 30 Five forty people here, and I've been on TV since nineteen ninety two I believe we're on twenty hours a week, something like that. You'd think they would people would be hearing it's not just a small gathering it's people all over this Nashville area that can see us, and some of you have come from long distances. This is not a popular message. If I am preaching this message and anything else is the truth, I'm literally out of my mind. I'm crazy. I'd have to be crazy to preach it if there's any other truth, wouldn't I? You'd have to be crazy to believe it and follow it. There's no easy way to follow Christ. If the righteous, Peter said, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Scarcely is the word mogis, M-O-G-I-S. It comes from the word molis. It means with great difficulty. It is difficult It's difficult to be a follower of Christ because you've got to believe him. What are you going to believe? The things he said. What did he say? Oh, gosh. What did he, didn't he say, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself? I have people call me every day. I had a guy call me last night from Oklahoma. He said, what does it mean to deny self and die to self? He's interested. I said, you got to watch my DVDs. I said, you have, there has to be death to self. When you have faith, that is death to self. Faith is death to self because faith, if you stop and think, if you have faith in something, you can't believe yourself. There's a bridge out in Colorado. It goes over the Royal Gorge. It's about a thousand foot drop under that bridge to the bottom of that canyon. It makes me nervous to get up that high don't like, wouldn't drive over the gorge. I'd have to drive somewhere else. I wouldn't have any faith in the Royal Gorge Bridge. Even though it's been there for decades, I, I'm, heights bother me. I start getting pain in my legs. It's something psychological in my head. And I hurt from the waist down. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
I'm terrified of heights. I can't help it. I got on a, that bridge over there, that that uh, rope bridge over there at uh, in uh, that park in Chattanooga, and I walk, and it's about 200 feet down. And I got out there in the middle of the bridge, and I started hollering at Mary. Mary, I can't move. I can't move. I was literally frozen on that bridge, and I didn't know how to get off of it. Well, I, I'm not going to drive up to the Royal Gorge Bridge and say, let's get an engineer out here, and I want him to check the tensile strength of those cables, and we'll make sure that this will hold me up, and it won't fall while I'm driving over. No, to have faith, you just drive over, and you believe the man that strung it, don't you? You quit trusting yourself. There has to be death to self, and that's what faith is. I couldn't understand faith when my father would say, you have to have faith in Christ, you got to believe. And remember, faith and belief are the same word. One is the verb, the other is the noun. I didn't know what you believed when you believed Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. What do you believe? You believe what Jesus said don't you? And you do it. And you wrestle with it. That outer man and that inner man wrestle about how you should live, don't you? Billy Graham never told his congregation that. Never told his audience that. Just walk the aisle and accept Christ and you're home free. And that ain't true. First of all, because you can't accept Christ. Faith is the noun, believe is the verb. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Has anybody wrestled with how you believe? Has anybody wrestled besides me? Most people have. How do you believe? If you believe something, being a verb with a showing action, you do it. But how are you going to do it if you don't read your Bible, huh? You just trust some world-famous preacher, say, believe on Christ and you can be saved. Okay, I believe he lived, so does I, do I get to go to heaven? I believe he was a good man, but do I still get to cuss a little? You wouldn't even ask that question. Do I get to drink a little? You wouldn't even ask that question. Do I get to enjoy some of my vices? No. Are you going to quit all of a sudden? No. But you're going to wrestle with it, aren't you? And what is it going to be? It's going to be a fight between that outer man and that inner man. Christ said the inner man... Paul said the inner man can't sin and the outer man can't quit sinning. And all your life you'll be wrestling with wanting to do what you want to do. And the older you get, the less you want to do what the outer man lusts after. Faith is the word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. And believe is the word P-I-S-T. Notice, stem of the word, E-U-O. Word endings are changed depending on some character of the word. This is the stem. They are basically the same word. One shows the action, the other is the thing. And faith is the gift of God. He has to put it in our heart. What's funny is that word gift doesn't mean he wraps it as a present and gives it to you. The word gift is the word doron. It means a sacrifice. God's going to put in your heart. He's going to put the desire to sacrifice your body, a living sacrifice, when you tell people the truth. This thing of being a Christian is being a witness. 
You'll get hungry when God births you and you become a new person. You'll be hungry for this word. Some of us are hungry for a lot of it and some are hungry for a little. Let me put it like this. When I was 16 and 17, I was hungry for a little. I wanted to be a good Christian and be a good boy. And my father was hoping one of his sons would grow up to be a preacher. And he wasn't expecting me to grow up and preach predestination for sure. And so the more I studied, the longer I lived, the more I sin I went through, the more fire and trials he put me in, the hunger I got for the real answer, which is not things and stuff. I feel, I can't tell you how I feel, not completely. I feel rich. I don't mean with house and cars. I walk out in public. I will say anything to anybody at any time. I had to go to the hospital, have a colonoscopy. I always carry my pocket, and I had on my T-shirt, God does not love everybody. And I went in there and got in conversation with about four doctors and five nurses. I gave every one of them a DVD. First thing I do is say, do you have Comcast? Some of them say, no. I say, well, if you did, I'm on Comcast every night at at 8.30. And some of them said, yeah. I said, well, you can watch me at night. One of the nurses sat down and listened intently and just asked questions. And we talked to her for about 15 or 20 minutes, and she was really interested. I don't know if she'll listen. I give away. I'll ask Tom. I said, Tom, I'm, in fact, if is Tom back there? Tom, I need about 25 more God Doesn't Love Everybody DVDs. I've given away most of those you gave me the other day. And when you walk out in public and you got God Doesn't Love Everybody, be ready. Be prepared. Be a good Boy Scout. Okay. How much time do I have, Mike? All right. I need to give you some more about Billy Graham. I can't tell you all the things I know about him and read about him and the compromises he makes. He he went to Russia with the... He went to the Pope in Rome, got his advice on how to deal with the people in Russia. Now, that's the person to go to when you're a Baptist preacher and evangelist, a worldwide evangelist. Go to the Pope. He did. The Pope said, you've got to keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything that offends. And he went over there and talked about how Russia, that they were not keeping out Christianity. It was a a Christian nation. And the people that were in jail for simply passing out a track, they were in sadness because Billy Graham had breached his promise to God and told and said this is a Christian nation and they were languishing in jails over there for having passed out a Christian track. The guy, as far as I'm concerned, was a heathen. And if you don't like that and you're watching, that's your problem. You just refuse to, to deal with the truth. 
You don't want to research. I'll do the research. You just tune in. and If you want to find out the truth, come sit down here and I'll give it to you. I don't just preach stuff that I take off the top of my head. I read a lot. I've been reading since I was a little boy. Read everything I could pick up. Read the newspaper through it six and seven, eight years old. Read about 129 books when I was in high school, just in high school, not counting since. Read Gone with the Wind twice. The movie is not even close to the book. The book's great. Just, where was I? Woe unto you, when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. The false prophets were liked by the people because the false prophets said, no, 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 don't you listen to Jeremiah. Don't you listen to Isaiah. Don't you listen to Hosea. Or don't you listen to Micah or Malachi. They, they are not telling you the truth. It's like a, a false prophet named Hanani. H-A-N-A-N-I. Hanani came to the people in the 28th chapter of Jeremiah and Jeremiah was going through the city and preaching at the gate saying judgment's coming Nebuchadnezzar's coming he's going to cut this city to the ground because of all of your sun and tree worship which later on was brought in the church and renamed the Christ Mass or Christmas and Hanani comes along and goes out among the people and says no 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 you're not going to be in Babylon for 70 years you're going to be there about two years they had 70 sets of their sabbatical years they'd never kept. And Jeremiah prays to the Lord, and the Lord says, you tell that Hanani, I'm going to kill him before the year's up. And he did kill him. That's what happens to false prophets. God may have just been reserving Billy Graham for the judgment. I didn't like Billy Graham, never have. Now, let me read a little more of this. But I say unto you, which hear, like your enemies. Well, is that what that says? No, 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 no. Love your enemies. What is that word love? Agape. What is agape? Walking in God's commandments, Second John 6. This is agape, that we walk after his commandments. Agape was a relationship that kings had for their subjects. You got two words translated love, agape and phileo. Phileo means to like. That's not what this says. It says love your enemies, walk in God's commandments concerning your enemies. One of the best commandments, all of the imperative moods in the Greek, that's commands. You learn that in elementary school in English. You got statements that ended the period. You got exclamations that ended an exclamation point. You got que- you got an interrogative or questions that end in a question mark, and then you got imperatives that end in a period, and that's a command. Jimmy, go to the store. When I was young, and my father said that, I would be jumping through hoops to get to the store, because when he said it, there was fire behind it. It was a command. When God says something, when he says, when 
you look at the fourth chapter of Ephesians and you see the winds of doctrine that come and that make the church wonder, transient. That's what the winds of doctrine, they're false teachers. And when you get into that, it says these winds of doctrine make the church, bring the church past feeling. That's what's wrong with the world. The church is past feeling due to the winds of doctrine. Past feeling is the word A-P-A-L-G-E-O. It means apathetic. The church don't care what the truth is. Apathetic comes from the word pathos, which means something that's painful or pain. A patholo- doctor of pathology is a doctor of painful diseases. Pacing the alpha in front of that means no pain, no feeling. The church has no feeling. It don't matter what I say about the truth and whether Billy Graham was a liar or not. And he was. He played on everybody's feelings and emotions. All the men that tout him as a great teacher, when it they may be real good politicians. They are dumbbells when it comes to the Bible. You got Donald Trump, Vice President Mike Pence, Greg, Greg Laurie, pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship, a member of Billy Graham Center, Joyce Myers. Boy, that's what you want is some thief like Joyce Myers lifting you up, don't you? You're a Kenyatta, president of Kenya. How would you like to be touted as wonderful by all these people? Harry Jackson, Jr., senior pastor of Hope Christian Church in Beltville, Maryland. Beth Moore, evangelical Christian author. Jensen Franklin is a total idiot on on TVN. The guy is stupid. Jensen Franklin, senior pastor. My fondest memories as a child are watching Billy Graham preach in his amazing crusades. Jensen, you don't know enough about the Bible. Philip Thimble. Eric, see, I know who these guys are. I watch them. I want to know what they're saying. Eric Mentaxis, evangelical author and radio host. Al Moeller, president of the Southwestern Southern Baptist Seminary in Louisville. He's gone down in history as a man who protected the moral integrity of his ministry. He didn't protect the moral integrity of anything. If you protect morals, you protect the truth, don't you? Jack Graham, I listened to him on radio, and I'd rather just listen to, like I said, somebody run a jackhammer to listen to Jack Graham. I don't know if you've ever listened to Jack Graham, but he sounds like Billy Graham. Russell Moore, president of the Southern Baptist Convention's Ethics. Boy, that's what we need is the Southern Baptist Convention that believes in free will. James Langford. Republican senator from Oklahoma and former Southern Baptist youth pastor. And the list goes on and on. These guys have raised him up as next to God himself, and they don't even believe in predestination, most of them. Are you that upset? With I'm upset because Billy Graham has got this world. They're like in a in a toilet going down to the septic system. It's already he's already started this movement of free will and accept Christ. It's crazy. 
I wish I knew what else to say. I get frustrated. I don't know what else. I know a whole bunch to say. Go back over here to James. Well, I started to say, love your enemies. One of the, love your enemies, one of the commandments that's in imperative mood is to be angry at the winds of doctrine. Did Billy Graham involve in the winds of doctrine? Be angry is the word orgizomai, O-R-G-I-Z-O-M-A-I. It means to be angry, to be heated up against the winds of doctrine. It's an imperative command, and everybody that's a believer has to be angry at Billy Graham's doctrine. What a what a character. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Do good. What does that mean? Take them ice cream and cake and, and loan them your car. <laughs> Is that what it means? No. Do who gets to define the word good? The Bible? I guess so. Do Agathos. What is beneficial? What is beneficial to somebody who's involved in false doctrine? Rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. We got these words, do good, be nice. Not be nice to people. That means to act like you don't know what's going on. Nisqir. We've got the definitions of everything messed up, don't we? In America, America don't care what anything's mean. All these people that lift Billy Graham up, all the politicians of the world, the Pope, all the cardinals, they've all lifted him up on the Internet. And he was a liar. And so were they. And all he's doing is backing up their beliefs of false teaching. Do good to them that hate you. And bless them that curse you. Now, who gets to, find, to define the word bless? Who gets to define that? The Bible in the Greek text? I think so. Eulogio. E-U-L-O-G-E-O. If you bless them that hate you and want to curse you, what do you do? You say, well, logos. Well, words. What are well words? Is that God bless you? I hope you have a good time. No. Say the words of God to them. That's the well words, isn't it? You can't just come up and say, I just want to congratulate you for being a human being and being a good guy and being a good girl. That's not well words. Say the word of God to them. If somebody told you, do good to those that hate you. Haven't most of you thought, well, what's good? I guess I need to go take them some money and, and loan them things. And here you can use my lawnmower, even though you're very undependable and you'll break it like you did my last thing I loaned you. It doesn't mean give people a free reign over your life. That's not what it means. Everything has a meaning. Billy Graham didn't know what these things meant. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you. When you pray for somebody, what do you do? What does pray mean? Pray is the 
is a form of the word prayer. Prayer is the word P-R-O-S-E-U-C-H-O-M-A-I. That's the word prayer. Prayer is the word P-R-O-S-E-U-C-H-E. Prosuke. It comes from pros, meaning toward, and UK, meaning to will or desire. What do you will or desire toward? Those people that you're trying to love and give them the truth? No. You bow to the will of God. Thy will be done in these people's lives. Lord, I prayed for my enemies this past week. Some people have left here. I said, Lord, if you have to crush them under your hand and cause them to repent, cause them to do that if they belong to you. And I know they wouldn't believe that I prayed for them, but I do that every couple of days for them. If they're yours, crush them under your hand. And all they do is give me a hard time. If you pray for somebody, you tell them, you say, Lord, let your will be done in their life. If they are yours, it's going to take you to break them. And he says, Unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer the other, and him that taketh away thy cloak. Don't forbid him to take your coat also. If somebody's going to take something you have, let them. Is it going to do any good when somebody beats you out of something to try to get it back? No. You can go to court and do all these things, but it's not going to do any good. I never have lost something in a deal that I ever got back. Have you? Huh? By suing somebody. No. So, if a man smites you on the one cheek, why would he smite you on the one cheek? Because you rebuked him. When he slapped you on the one cheek, rebuke him again and turn the other cheek. And let him slap you again and then walk away. See, there's a meaning to all of this, isn't there? And sometimes the meanings are real basic and elementary. Just learn the words and you'll find out what God means when he says these things. Do I have any time, Mike? Look, we've got to go over here to James, the fourth chapter. This sounds like Billy Graham. I preached on this. It is like Billy Graham. James, the fourth chapter. These are some of my favorite verses concerning false teachers. I would like to have gone into the fourth chapter of Ephesians. That's just one of the top chapters in my life concerning false teachers. Tells you to stay away from these people. James 4. He's talking to believers. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence of your lusts that war in your members? In the church, you have hedonistic attitudes, sensual delights and desires that you want to fulfill in your body. You lust and have not as believers. Lust is the word epithumia. Epithumia means to be, to breathe hard after something. It means to set your heart upon something that's forbidden to you. You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war in the church. 
He's not talking to unbelievers here. None of these epistles were written to unbelievers. Yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss. Amiss the word of akakos. A-K-A-K-O-S. Or excuse me, kakos is the word. You ask evil. You ask for evil. That's the common word, evil. And you ask amiss. And the reason you ask amiss is so you consume it upon your own lusts. Your own desires for your flesh. You adulterers and adulteresses, you have to understand, he's not talking about little adultery. All through the Old Testament, God would call Israel going after these idol gods adultery. He would say, those idol gods are your lovers. He's talking about going after self. He just got through talking about lust, which is about self. You adulterers and adulteresses, know you not, but friendship of the world... He just got through talking about you're trying to be friends with the world and go with your lust after the things in the world. Know you not that friendship of the world is enmity with God. You're at enmity with God. Ekthra. All Billy Graham wanted was all these false teaching friends. It means hostile. If all you want is all these hostile people that are hostile to God, then you're hostile to God. Know you not that friendship of the world is hostile with God, and whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world, was Billy Graham a friend of the world? Everywhere you went, every church you went into, all the pagans loved him. He was a friend of the world, and he was an enemy of God. That's what the Bible says here. And I've had said that to people, and they say, well, let's accept Billy Graham. Where'd you come up with that? That he was an exception to God's laws and rules. People say, God don't have a bunch of rules. What do you think this is? Do we have to walk in God's commandments? Yes. Do we have to wrestle with self-man, this outer man? Yes, we do. I wrestle with this man every day. I don't wrestle with him Today, like I did when I was 40, ooh, I was, my life was split right down the middle. I had, Jim Brown was leading. I was head in the race. God was over here somewhere. And I was trying to get rich. And I don't believe in trying to get rich. I believe in working as hard as you can, investing the best way you can in life, and helping the needy and the downtrodden. That's what I believe in. And I'm always looking for somebody to pick up and help. If God hadn't put that in your heart, God is, you know why I'm that way now? Because I was not that way when I was young. When I would make some money and make a lot of it in real estate or something, I would say, well, this is mine. I'm not letting go of any of it. It's mine. I made it. I went out and worked hard for it. You got to work hard for yourself. A lot of people don't have that get up and go. They don't have that self-start. I had self-start in life. I'd get out here and get a job selling something. Before you know it, I'm selling all over the place. Because I could get up early and work real late. And it took nothing but hard work. If you're not willing to work hard, don't ever be, expect to be real successful in anything. 
But everybody can't do that. Everybody's not, like I said, self-motivated, self-starters. I was a self-starter. Don't mean that to boast. I just was. We started this ministry as a Bible class in our home with four people, me and Mary and Eric and a guy named Tony. And Tony left the first week. And it was me and Mary and Eric. The matter was me and Mary and Eric and his girlfriend, Karen. They've been married 20 years now. And it was that way for four and five years. And I promise God I will never stop teaching. And I'm not going to stop teaching because I've been sick lately. And I'm going to try to get here as quick as I can on Sunday night, Wednesday night. I've been struggling with some health problems. But I'm supposed to, and so are you, if you get as old as me, okay? I mean, Ken and I are about the same age and just a few months apart. And when you're our age, you're going to have health problems, aren't you, Ken? It's the way it works. If you don't want health problems, either don't grow old or kill yourself, okay? Run your car into a brick wall and you won't have to get these problems. <laughs> That's all I know to tell you. You're going to have them. Kenneth Copeland's going to get sick one day, and he's going to die with his sickness, even though he says he refuses to be sick. What what an idiot. And he says, Whosoever therefore be a friend of the world. Philea is the word friend. It comes from the word phileo. P-H-I-L-I-A. Or philos, meaning to have affection. Or to like, if you like the world and you want to make friends with the world, you're God's enemy. Well, do you mistreat people? No, you don't mistreat anybody. But I talk to people every day, everywhere I go. I've been taking Ben with me. He lives across the street from me. He went to the hospital with me yesterday. He went back to the hospital to some doctors with me. And he'll hear me talk, and I'll just say, hey, have you ever heard that Chris, it was against, first thing I'll ask doctors, let me ask you a question. I hadn't got into nothing religious yet. And say, yeah, go ahead. i say, did you know that it was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America? And they'll always turn to look at me quizzically. I never heard that. I said, let me tell you about it. And I'll say, there's these families in Europe, the all against family and the Waldenses and the Cathars, and they were persecuted by the Roman Catholic Church for for 700 years, and they killed 60 million Jews and Christians. So when the Puritans come to America, these families, they changed their name to Puritans, and they said, we'll call ourselves Puritans to purify this new land of all Roman Catholic and papal influences, and they outlawed Christmas. Isn't that something? I'll tell the doctor that. I didn't know that. They may know medicine, but they don't know what I'm teaching here. You can always talk to people. I talk to them in a plain, simple voice, just like I said it to you. I'm not out there to get them emotional and say, let me twist your mind, you back. Now repeat this prayer after me. Oh, Lord, save me for Jesus' sake. Save me for Jesus' sake. Amen. Oh, he's saved. (laughs) No, he's not. Am I out of time, Mike? I am? Gosh, I need to stop, don't I? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for truth. 
I really thank you for truth and for teaching me. I was so confused when I was young. Thank you for letting me see that the meaning of the Bible is in the definition of the words. It's not in our emotions, jumping up and down. Lord, thank you for truth. Fight our battles. We've got, I got more enemies than I know what to do about. So you fight the battles. I can't fight. I'm too tired. I'm too old. And I don't want to fight them anymore. I want you to plead my cause to fight for me. Let us to your elect. Bless the ministry. We'll give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. I know that's shocking, but it's the truth. It takes a lot to read that book. That was an awesome lesson. Oh, a lot of stuff, isn't it? You know something? You and Mary, you say you live a, a boring life. Pretty boring. At least you're doing the Lord's work. Well, I am doing the Lord's work. That's the only exciting part of my life. People think I'm out here living this smooth, wonderful life. And then, no, that's true. I'm just, I'm waiting for the Lord to come and get me out of this place. Yeah. Hey. And was it? Billy Graham and his friends. Okay, because I saw. Yeah, this is it here. This is it right here. Oh, it's this one. That's it. See, um, several months ago, I heard Miss Sister Brown say her, the print on her Bible was a little oh, small okay. for her to read, and I got a large print Bible, and I was just going to see if you could take it to her. Well, yeah, if you. It's been marked in just a little bit, but not much, though. Well, if you want me to do it. Yeah, I, I don't, you know. Well, let me ask her if she wants that. Okay. Okay? It's King James. Yeah. It has, has to be King James. That's the only thing we'll accept. <laughs> it's good to see you, Patrick. Take care, Mr. Brown. Okay. What are you doing? Huh? You want some gum? Okay. Gum. You want this kind? What's going on, Pops? What are you doing? Hey. Me and Mary have been sick this week. And I hadn't yeah, felt... I called you Thursday. Just yeah, I was going to call you back. I just hadn't felt it, good. Thursday? I think it was Thursday. You had to go to the hospital. How the, how the yeah, I, just, I had a colonoscopy, and they're trying to find out what's been causing those blood clots. A colonoscopy will show if I've got any kind of a cancer. Okay. Uh, How'd it turn out? Huh? Turn out okay? We don't know yet. I have oh, to meet with the doctor. Now. they got to do evaluation and everything. 
They give me a colonoscopy to see if you've got cancer causing the blood clots. That's your first one? Well, I don't know. It's just one of the things they do. Take, take one of each one of those, Sylvester. Take at least one or two of each one of those. That's what they're for. What are you doing? Thank you for that. That was really great going through that. Love your enemy. Yeah. It don't mean what people those, like your enemy. I knew it never meant what it said, but now I can actually yeah. There you go. Say it to somebody. You know what I mean? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Andrew? That isn't that a crazy Is that my key to Huh? It's at your house. Oh, it's at my house? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So there's your key. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. I really do. Well, I said something about blowing your car to even look at you. I <laughs> know. Do good. Be nice to those that hate you. I can say I haven't broken anything yet, though. The window. <laughs> uh, except the window. Because then you said, you know... I'll loan you my lawnmower even though you were responsible and you broke it the last time. (laughs) Isn't that funny? It's funny what people think these words mean. When you define them, they don't mean nothing like that. If you're going to do good, what do you do? Give them ice cream and cake? Hey, I'd like to do good to you. Yeah, but I'm allergic to sugar and I've got got, uh, sugar diabetes. It's good to know that because now when someone says, you know. Love your enemy. Love your enemy. You mean agape them? Walk in the truth in front of them? Tell them the truth? Um, Innocent. They they don't have to be bought back. Who? The innocent, right? Innocent are the ones that's, are the ones that's led away. With good words and fair speeches. I'm speaking, when you talk about atoning, uh, and what about the, the people that haven't come to sin? They don't have to be bought back, right? No, not till they get in sin. You can't buy somebody back until they've been there to begin with. But the ones who die like the babies. Yeah. They're not uh, Babies are innocent. They're not ransomed because they're not guilty, right? They're not guilty. All charges fall to the ground. The word innocent in the Hebrew is naki. It means charges are dropped to the ground. There's no charges against them. But they are elect. Yeah, well, yeah, they're going to go to heaven because it's the wages of sin that's death, not the wages of a sin nature. They got a sin nature, but they don't have sin. And you have to sin in order to go to hell. But you have to be conscious of the sin? You have to what? Be conscious conscious of the sin know that it's well you have to know that it's sin against god it doesn't mean that it's disobedient to your parents a two-year-old two and a half year old might know that they're disobeying their parents but they don't really know they're sinning against god when the mother spanks them and they get away from the stove then they know that they're doing something they shouldn't be doing but it don't mean they are sinning they have to be old enough to know they're sinning and doing something that God is displeased with. 